From the Madison Metropolitan School District, this is Lead to Liberate, a podcast documenting stories of inspiration, growth, and empowerment across our schools. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lead to Liberate. I am your host, Dr. Carlton D. Jenkins, very proud superintendent of Madison Metropolitan School District. We'll continue to dive in and trying to look inside the minds of our staff in terms of what made them want to come to MMSD or what made them want to stay in MMSD and what path are they taking to make sure that they're leading to liberate. Today, we have with us none other than Mr. Ennis Harvey. Mr. Harvey is quite the individual. He has a music background, musician by trade, and now he's our new associate superintendent. So let's just dive right into it and get to Mr. Harvey. Mr. Harvey, how are you today? Thank you, Dr. Jenkins. Uh, hey, today's a great day for teaching and learning in MMSD. Well, well I'm, I'm glad to hear you say it's a great day because I know I've been on uh, some paths out there with you in our schools. Can you kind of like talk to us, first of all, before we even get into the schools, hey, you come from somewhere else uh, in this country. You have, have an uh, undergrad degree from a historical black college. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? And then beyond that, what inspired you to come here to Madison Metropolitan School District? So my formal training uh, actually started at Tennessee State University uh, where I marched in the aristocratic bands at Tennessee State. Uh, from there, I transferred to Morris Brown College where I earned a degree, a bachelor's degree in music education. Uh, at a very early age, I always had a spirit of inquiry and the joy of teaching what I learned to others. It was born out of that passion uh, to become a teacher. Throughout my career, I've been uh, fortunate to have many titles, but my most coveted title is that of teacher. For me, if you're not teaching, you're not leading. And so as I look forward to leading uh, both teachers and leaders, that's my mantra. If you're not teaching, you're not leading, because I think it is my belief that a leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And so if you're not doing those things, um, we are here to support that and build environments in which all our students can thrive as well as the staff. Yeah, well, that's outstanding, just teaching and leading. But tell me this, uh, I have to bring this point out. Over the holidays, I understand, too, when you were the principal, you also earned another special title. Could you tell us that title and how did you get to that point? So at my former high school, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. High School in Latonia, Georgia, my band program, which I was principal, my band program was fortunate enough to get an invitation to the Macy's Day Parade in 2019. Uh, throughout that time, as they was preparing the band director transition into another school, uh, we had a couple of people come in to try to fill his, his shoes, but it wasn't a, a good fit uh, for the, both the students in that community. At that time, the students asked me to step in, and I was named the band principal. So in 2019, uh, as the principal, I took an awesome group of students to the Mason's Day Parade. We had an awesome time. The students had a dynamic performance, and that will forever be a part of me, as well as those students from DeKalb County, Georgia. Yes, I appreciate you sharing that story because I've heard it from others, and I know that you don't speak on it too much, but I just love the enthusiasm that you speak uh, that you share with us when you're speaking about that experience. So now coming here to Madison, let's jump into it. You came here as the chief transformation officer 
uh, and you were working with the elementary schools, and since then you have changed your position as uh, an associate superintendent for high schools. Wow. How do you go from elementary to high schools, and do you have that same level of passion for trying to work with our uh, high school scholars? So when I was given the opportunity to come to Madison, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up, uh, both for two reasons. Both to bring the knowledge of education to Madison as well as to receive learning from Madison. Uh, Madison is, is very unique as it's situated in a place where it's on the cusp of doing the unbelievable and unthinkable as, as a staff. And so uh, at one point in my life, I was an elementary principal. And one thing I, was, I took from that opportunity is how do you nurture students to give them the love for reading? Mm. Uh, for me, if students, reading is the very foundation that will liberate them for the rest of their lives. And so that, that translates to middle school and high school. And so as I transitioned from being at the elementary level to high school, uh, for me, high school students are those students where you can really speak in the abstract and they can really lean in and say, okay, let me dream. And so I, I bring that to the space each and every time I'm in it because we are building the leaders of tomorrow, but are we setting them up to be successful and creating those real post-secondary options for them to really be successful? For me, success is not graduations. For me, success is at 25 years old, can they be a productive part of our community and have a life in which they are thriving and not just surviving? Wow. Well, tell me this, do you have much high school experience yourself beyond being an associate superintendent? Yes, I was a high school principal. I also was an assistant band director at a high school as well. Okay, great. Well, now, when we come to Madison, and let's just put it out there, we have some of the greatest disparities in the country. We do. We have some of the students here who have demonstrated that they can compete internationally with any scholar in the world and then yet we still have some disparities long time disparities so how do you go into a school and knowing this level of excellence that you want to achieve and knowing that we're really trying to liberate our students and liberate our families and our communities what well, what's your take on that what are you doing about it so it is my belief if a flower is not growing you don't fix fix the flower you fix the environment in which it grows in and so building structures that promotes, promotes high expectations while giving them love. Uh, it is, I believe, I think Blackburn said it best in rigor is more than a five letter word that standards-based learning, high expectations any child can, can achieve. So as, as I go into the high schools, we have those conversations with principals. Uh, and so as we do our instructional our instructional tools and environmental scans, and then we add an impact check, which is every 30 days. Mm. We check the pulse of how is the school going? Mm. How well are we doing? What are we, what are we not What are we not building on? And it's okay if we're not getting it right because we're here together, we come to the table together to create that environment of interrated reliability. Uh, additionally, we started this this year. We started, we started having our PLCs for each principal come to one school and we look at certain practices each school have. And so we are building a playbook. 
So we take a, a best practice from this school, from this school, and from this school, and by the end of the year, we will have a playbook for all our best practices in, in which all our students can be in an environment to thrive in. That's both academically and socially, emotionally. Wow, so you're telling me, Madison, you know, here we have six high schools. So if I'm at an alternative school with a best practice, you may also see that practice over at Memorial? Yes. And so I, I think that that's the that's the glue, right? Um, because no matter what school you walk into in MMSD, it is a it is a school, a welcoming school with high expectations and and high outcomes. That is the expectation that we have both of our staff and our students here in MMSD. Yeah, and, and I think about these disparities. Think about what you just said, and I think about equity. What kind of training is going on in the district? to really address not just saying the word, but getting to it, but we really are seeing our students, seeing our staff, and responding to our community. Well, uh, before we can talk about training, I think we gotta talk about mindsets. We gotta talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. For me, diversity is presence, inclusion is participation, equity is power, and belonging. To say to our students, I see you and I celebrate you. Uh, as well, we, we take both our central office staff as well as our building level principals, and we're getting to the rest of the staff through uh, our inclusion equity training on a monthly basis. So I think it's, it, it starts at mindset, you know. Um, and so when we, we talk about it, we got to get out of the, the saviorism, right? And when we, we start talking about uh, race and, and be, be very frank with that race, I think Paulie O'Ferri says in his book that if you want to keep a people oppressed, mystified as helping. And so I, I don't subscribe to the waiting on Superman concept. I subscribe to we were given everything that we needed to survive in this lifetime by our maker. And so I, I want to really lean into our children to, to give them that self-assurance, to give them that confidence that no matter where you go, no matter what obstacles or challenges that, that face you in this world, we can move forward. Because for me, when you talk about equity, once again, that's a difference than equality. For me, you know, equality is give me a pair of shoes. Equity is give me a pair of shoes that fit. And so uh, we, we try to mirror that in the environments we create for our students to be successful in. Yeah, well, I tell you, I appreciate you touching on this, but now that you have, let's go here. In Madison Metropolitan School District, we have touted ourselves as being an anti-racist district. We have been a district about social justice. We said we are unapologetically how we engage with African-American children, with Latinx children, uh, our scholars who receive special needs services, our LGBTQIA plus community, uh, when we think about all of our children, our indigenous children, every child among, we say here inclusion, we mean it. So when students identify how they identify, we're accepting of that. So what kind of uh, expressions have you seen, because I've been reading lately the surveys that came back in from the students that you're clearly listening to their voices and you're being very inclusive. You're taking equity to the next level. You're becoming explicit and not just being anti-racist. You are raising when you see issues of anti-blackness, issues of 
anti-LGBTQIA plus, issues of anti-Hmong, you know, recent situations happening around the country. We want to make sure that we are who we say we are. So what evidence do you have that students are speaking up or you're addressing those things? Well, first of all, as a black man, I've lived it uh, each and every day, you know, and, and I think that, you know, whatever your political party is, you can have it over here, but this black skin doesn't wash off. Mm. And so I, I take that approach as I lean in to have these conversations with, with high school students in the forums and, and creating that space, right? We got to set the conditions where our students can can really lean in and, and give their truth. You know, um, I, I, I endeavor not to create safe spaces, but brave spaces. And so when we talk about that brave space, challenge them while also giving them opportunity to make mistakes. You know, I, I do believe that both students and staff should have opportunities to fail in, in low-risk environments. And so when you, you add that equity lens on it, um, just because they fail, they can get back up no matter what color they are. But when we talk about pushing, pushing in and leaning in around anti-racism, anti-black, um, for me, the legacy I'm leaving is the life I'm living. And, and so to that point, with our students, I want to always create that space where they can speak their truth without blame or judgment and really set systems in place to hear them but also change practices based on that. I think a lot of times in education, we create these great quasi-systems, but we don't change the practice. And so we say we listen to you, but are we listening to change practice or are we listening out of this the way we've always done it? Wow, uh, that's, that's really powerful. And I think about right now how we have, how we have uh, just a magnificent program with Madison College, the STEM program. And we have a number of students of color, a number of students of poverty, students receiving special uh, needs services. How do you replicate that so we can say that all of our students have high quality uh, learning going on, meeting beyond grade level expectations, and not just tied to testing, but other forms of assessments that can actually show their strengths? Well, it's a it's, um, great question there, Dr. Jenkins. First of all, I mean, how you replicate it, we start by observing it through our instructional tours and, and really having those conversations. I, I don't approach it from a deficit model. I, I look at what's going well in certain situations and how do we replicate that to create the models that we want while understanding that we still have some work to do. But when you speak of the partnership that we have with, with Madison College and the students that are there, to really see them thrive, I really have conversations with them. Tell us what do we need to do to fix it? What was your experience like here and how do we support that experience to to replicate it as, as you spoke throughout all our high schools. And so we're, we're underway with that. And so like I said, we, um, I think we're celebrating a lot of great things we're doing, but we have a few more miles to go to get it done. Right, wow. Well, you say we're celebrating a few of the things. Recently, we received a notice that we have 32 National Merit semifinalists. And I think that's uh, something to uh, celebrate when we look at those numbers, we want to make sure that we're getting all of our students within that group who desire that to be at that level of a national marriage semifinalist. Those are like academic All-Americans. And then recently, we noticed that the graduation rate is at 
higher than it's been in the last five years. How do we push into these spaces to make sure that our students in terms of that highest love of learning? And then also a number of our students are beginning to participate in different uh, apprenticeship opportunities. Talk to me about that. What are we gonna do to continue to push, make sure Madison stay at the forefront of being able to compete internationally? That, well, first of all, you know, we have to educate the whole child. And so to your point of testing and assessments, uh, I think if we continue to push with standards-based, grade-level appropriate standards, high expectations, and then building those those supports for our students to be successful. Again, it's my belief that all students can achieve at high levels with proper supports in place. And, and we, to reach that goal of having Madison be at the forefront of it, I think that we are standing on fertile ground to really say, hey, what does the environment look like both for teaching and learning, social-emotional, and professional learning for our teachers? I think that's the critical piece. I think because in the classroom, that's where the magic happens, right? Mm -hmm. That's where the, the true engagement. And so we got to put those supports in place not only for students but for teachers as well. Uh, the, more, the more the teachers know, the more they can grow. And so when we, we approach that, we approach it in the sense of building systemic processes and procedures to support just what you spoke of, those 32 um, scholars that achieved that. But we want that for all our, all our scholars, right? Yeah. And so we have to continue to, to really lean in. We have to continue to really say, hey, how do we really maximize what we're doing? And we have to be very intentional with it. Right. Hey, talking about intentionality, we're just coming through this dual pandemic, right? We're uh, talking about COVID-19. We're talking about social justice. Give us your one-minute take on what has been the difference or if there's a lesson learned for you coming from the pandemic that we knew to still the pandemic that we have, the social justice. Well, for me, I think the pandemic only illuminated the disparities that we have in America. Um, and so there, there are some, some things that we really have to really look at, um, social emotional, because our most marginalized students experience out of, in the pandemic was totally different than our most affluent ones, where they, a lot of our, our students had to be the ones to be the caretakers for their younger siblings while the parents were out working versus the fluent ones where they had opportunities to go to tutors. They had opportunities to have, you know, uh, friends and study groups. So we had to be very intentional coming out of the pandemic of putting supports in place to really say, hey, okay, this happened, but how do we really ensure that we build them back to a place where they feel confident enough to say, okay, after this, these two years, I still believe in myself. Very good. I tell you what, Mr. Ennis Harvey, the associate superintendent here in Madison Metropolitan School District, as you can see, he have much on the plate as he's trying to move the needle and lead to liberate. We really appreciate you being here with us again this week. We look forward to next week. We're going to have to bring you back, Mr. Harvey, because there's much to be said about how we lead to liberate moving from what was a dual pandemic 
to now still yet a pandemic of social justice. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening in today. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Thank you. You're listening to Lead to Liberate, a podcast by the Madison Metropolitan School District demonstrating how the more we know, the more we grow. Madison Metropolitan School District, this is Lead to Liberate, a podcast documenting stories of inspiration, growth, and empowerment across our schools. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lead to Liberate. I am your host, Dr. Carlton D. Jenkins, very proud superintendent of Madison Metropolitan School District. We'll continue to dive in and trying to look inside the minds of our staff in terms of what made them want to come to MMSD or what made them want to stay in MMSD and what path are they taking to make sure that they're leading to liberate. Today, we have with us none other than Mr. Ennis Harvey. Mr. Harvey is quite the individual. He has a music background, musician by trade, and now he's our new associate superintendent. So let's just dive right into it and get to Mr. Harvey. Mr. Harvey, how are you today? Thank you, Dr. Jenkins. Uh, hey, today's a great day for teaching and learning in MMSD. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say it's a great day because I know I've been on uh, some paths out there with you in our schools. Can you kind of like talk to us, first of all, before we even get into the schools, hey, you come from somewhere else uh, in this country. You have, have an uh, undergrad degree from a historical black college. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? And then beyond that, what inspired you to come here to Madison Metropolitan School District? So my formal training uh, actually started at Tennessee State University uh, where I marched in the aristocratic bands at Tennessee State. Uh, from there, I transferred to Morris Brown College where I earned a degree, a bachelor's degree in music education. Uh, at a very early age, I always had a spirit of inquiry and the joy of teaching what I learned to others. It was born out of that passion uh, to become a teacher. Throughout my career, I've been uh, fortunate to have many titles, but my most coveted title is that of teacher. For me, if you're not teaching, you're not leading. And so as I look forward to leading uh, both teachers and leaders, that's my mantra. If you're not teaching, you're not leading, because I think it is my belief that a leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And so if you're not doing those things, um, we are here to support that and build environments in which all our students can thrive as well as the staff. Yeah, well, that's outstanding, just teaching and leading. But tell me this, uh, I have to bring this point out. Over the holidays, I understand, too, when you were the principal, you also earned another special title. Could you tell us that title, and how did you get to that point? So at my former high school, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. High School in Latonia, Georgia, my band program, which I was principal, my band program was fortunate enough to get an invitation to the Macy's Day Parade in 2019. Uh, throughout that time, as they was preparing, the band director transitioned into another school. Uh, we had a couple of people come in to try to fill his, his shoes, but it wasn't a, a good fit 
uh, for the, both the Students Act community. At that time, the Students asked me to step in, and I was named the band principal. So in 2019, uh, as the principal, I took an awesome group of students to the Mason's Day Parade. We had an awesome time. The students had a dynamic performance, and that will forever be a part of me as well as those students from DeKalb County, Georgia. Yes, I appreciate you sharing that story because I've heard it from others, and I know that you don't speak on it too much, but I just love the enthusiasm that you speak uh, that you share with us when you're speaking about that experience. So now coming here to Madison, let's jump into it. You came here as the chief transformation officer uh, and you were working with the elementary schools and since then you have changed your position as uh, an associate superintendent for high schools. Wow, how do you go from elementary to high schools and do you have that same level of passion for trying to work with our uh, high school scholars? So when I was given the opportunity to come to Madison, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up, uh, both for two reasons. Both to bring the knowledge of education to Madison as well as to receive learning from Madison. Uh, Madison is, is very unique as it's situated in a place where it's on the cusp of doing the unbelievable and unthinkable as, as a staff. And so uh, at one point in my life, I was an elementary principal. And one thing I, was, I took from that opportunity is how do you nurture students to give them the love for reading? Mm. Uh, for me, if students, reading is the very foundation that will liberate them for the rest of their lives. And so that, that translates through middle school and high school. And so as I transitioned from being at the elementary level to high school, uh, for me, high school students are those students where you can really speak in the abstract and they can really lean in and say, okay, let me dream. And so I, I bring that to the space each and every time I'm in it because we are building the leaders of tomorrow, but are we setting them up to be successful and creating those real post-secondary options for them to really be successful for me success is not graduations for me success is at 25 years old can they be a productive part of our community and have a life in which they are thriving and not just surviving wow well tell me this do you have much high school experience yourself beyond being associate superintendent yes i was a high school principal i also was a assistant band director at a high school as well okay great well now when we come to Madison, and let's just put it out there, we have some of the greatest disparities in the country. We do. We have some of the students here who have demonstrated that they can compete internationally with any scholar in the world, and then yet we still have some disparities, long-time disparities. So how do you go into a school and knowing this level of excellence that you want to achieve and knowing that we're really trying to liberate our students and liberate our families and our communities, well, what's your take on that? What are you doing about it? So it is my belief, if a flower is not growing, you don't fix, fix the flower, you fix the environment in which it grows in. And so building structures that promotes, promotes high expectations while giving them love. Uh, it is, I believe, I think Blackburn said it best in rigor is more than a five-letter word, that 
standards-based learning, high expectations any child can can achieve. So as as I go into the high schools, we have those conversations with principals. Uh, and so as we do our instructional our instructional tools and environmental scans, and then we add an impact check, which is every thirty days. Mm. We check the pulse of how is the school going, mm. how well are we doing, what are we what are we not. What are we not building on? And it's okay if we're not getting it right because we're here together. We come to the table together to create that environment of integrated reliability. Uh, additionally, we started this this year. We started we started having our PLCs where each principal come to one school, and we look at certain practices each school have. And so we are building a playbook. So we take a, a best practice from this school, from this school, and from this school, and by the end of the year, we will have a playbook with all our best practices in, in which all our students can be in an environment to thrive in. That's both academically and socially, emotionally. Wow, so you're telling me, Madison, you know, here we have six high schools. So if I'm at an alternative school with a best practice, you may also see that practice over at Memorial? Yes. And so I, I think that that's the that's the glue, right? Um, because no matter what school you walk into in MMSD, it is a, it is a school, a welcoming school with high expectations and and high outcomes. That is the expectation that we have, both of our staff and our students here in MMSD. Yeah, and, and I think about these disparities. Think about what you just said, and I think about equity. What kind of training is going on in the district? to really address not just saying the word, but getting to it, but we really are seeing our students, seeing our staff, and responding to our community. Well, uh, before we can talk about training, I think we gotta talk about mindsets. We gotta talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging. For me, diversity is presence, inclusion is participation, equity is power, and belonging. To say to our students, I see you and I celebrate you. Uh, as well, we, we take both our central office staff as well as our building level principals, and we're getting to the rest of the staff through uh, our inclusion equity training on a monthly basis. So I think it's, it, it starts at mindset, you know. Um, and so when we, we talk about it, it we got to get out of the, the saviorism, right? And when we, we start talking about uh, race and, and be, be very frank with that race, I think Paulie O'Ferri says in his book that if you want to keep a people oppressed, mystified as helping. And so I, I don't subscribe to the waiting on Superman concept. I subscribe to we were given everything that we needed to survive in this lifetime by our maker. And so I, I want to really lean into our children to, to give them that self-assurance, to give them that confidence that no matter where you go, no matter what obstacles or challenges that, that face you in this world, we can move forward. Because for me, when you talk about equity, once again, that's a difference than equality. For me, you know, equality is give me a pair of shoes. Equity is give me a pair of shoes that fit. And so uh, we, we try to mirror that in the environments we create for our students to be successful in yeah well i tell you i appreciate you touching on this but now that you have let's go here in madison metropolitan school district we have touted ourselves as being an anti-racist district we have been a district about social justice we said we are unapologetically how we engage with african-american children with latinx children 
uh, our scholars who receive special needs services, our LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, when we think about all of our children, our indigenous children, every child among, we say here inclusion, we mean it. So when students identify how they identify, we're accepting of that. So what kind of uh, expressions have you seen? Because I've been reading lately the surveys that came back in from the students that you're clearly listening to their voices and you're being very inclusive. You're taking equity to the next level. You're becoming explicit and not just being anti-racist. You are raising when you see issues of anti-blackness, issues of anti-LGBTQIA+, issues of anti-Hmong, you know, recent situations happening around the country. We want to make sure that we are who we say we are. So what evidence do you have that students are speaking up or are you addressing those things? Well, first of all, as a black man, I've lived it uh, each and every day, you know, and, and I think that, you know, whatever your political party is, you can have it over here, but this black skin doesn't wash off. Mm. And so I, I take that approach as I lean in to have these conversations with with high school students in the forums and, and creating that space, right? We got to set the conditions where our students can can really lean in and, and give their truth. You know, um, I, I, I endeavor not to create safe spaces, but brave spaces. And so when we talk about that brave space, challenging them, but while also giving them opportunity to make mistakes. You know, I, I do believe that both students and staff should have opportunities to fail in, in low-risk environments. And so when you, you add that equity lens on it, um, just because they fail, they can get back up no matter what color they are. But when we talk about pushing, pushing in and leaning in around anti-racism, anti-black, um, for me, the legacy I'm leaving is the life I'm living. And, and so to that point, with our students, I want to always create that space where they can speak their truth without blame or judgment and really set systems in place to hear them, but also change practices based on that. I think a lot of times in education, we create these great quasi systems, but we don't change the practice. And so we say we listen to you, but are we listening to change practice or are we listening out of this the way we've always done it? Wow, uh, that's, that's really powerful. And I think about right now how we have, how we have uh, just a magnificent program with Madison College, the STEM program. And we have a number of students of color, a number of students of poverty, students receiving special uh, needs services. How do you replicate that so we can say that all of our students have high quality uh, learning going on, meeting beyond grade level expectations, and not just tied to testing, but other forms of assessments that can actually show their strengths? Well, it's, it's a great question there, Dr. Jenkins. First of all, I mean, how you replicate it, we start by observing it through our instructional tours and, and really having those conversations, okay, what do we, and well, let me say, let me back up. I, I don't approach it from a deficit model. I, I look at what's going well in certain situations and how do we replicate that to create the models that we want while understanding that we still have some work to do. But when you speak of the partnership that we have with, with Madison College and the students that are there, to really see them thrive, I really have conversations with them and tell us 
what do we need to do to fix it? How do we, what was your experience like here and how do we support that experience to to replicate it as, as you spoke throughout all our high schools? And so we're, we're underway with that. And so like I said, we, um, I think we're celebrating a lot of great things we're doing, but we have a few more miles to go to get it done. Right, wow. Well, you say we're celebrating a few of the things. Recently, we received the notice that we have 32 National Merit semifinalists, and I think that's uh, something to uh, celebrate. When we look at those numbers, we want to make sure that we're getting all of our students within that group who desire that to be at that level of a National Merit semifinalist. Those are like academic All-Americans. And then recently, we noticed that the graduation rate is at 87%, higher than it's been in the last five years. How do we push into these spaces to make sure that our students in terms of that highest level of learning? And then also a number of our students are beginning to participate in different uh, apprenticeship opportunities. Talk to me about that. What are we gonna do to continue to push, make sure Madison stay at the forefront of being able to compete internationally? Well, I, I think that, well, first of all, you know, we have to educate the whole child. And so well, to your point of testing and assessments. Uh, I think if we continue to push with standards-based, grade-level appropriate standards, high expectations, and then building those those supports for our students to be successful. Again, it's my belief that all students can achieve at high levels with proper supports in place. And, and we, to reach that goal of having Madison be at the forefront of it, I think that we are standing on fertile ground to really say, hey, what does the environment look like both for teaching and learning, social-emotional, and professional learning for our teachers? I think that's the critical piece. I think because in the classroom, that's where the magic happens, right? Mm -hmm. That's where the, the true engagement. And so we got to put those supports in place not only for students but for teachers as well. Uh, the, more, the more the teachers know, the more they can grow. And so when we, we approach that, we approach it in the sense of building systemic processes and procedures to support just what you spoke of, those 32 um, scholars that achieved that. But we want that for all our, all our scholars, right? Yeah. And so we have to continue to, to really lean in. We have to continue to really say, hey, how do we really maximize what we're doing? And we have to be very intentional with it. Right. Hey, talking about intentionality, we're just coming through this dual pandemic, right? We're uh, talking about COVID-19. We're talking about social justice. Give us your one-minute take on what has been the difference or if there's a lesson learned for you coming from the pandemic that we knew to still the pandemic that we have, the social justice. Well, for me, I think the pandemic only illuminated the disparities that we have in America. Um, and so there, there are some, some things that we really have to really look at, um, social emotional, because our most marginalized students experience out of, in the pandemic was totally different than our most affluent ones, where they, a lot of our, our students had to be the ones to be the caretakers for their younger siblings while the parents were out working versus the fluent ones where they had opportunities to go to tutors. 
They had the opportunities to have, you know, uh, friends and study groups. So we had to be very intentional coming out of the pandemic of putting supports in place to really say, hey, okay, this happened, but how do we really ensure that we build them back to a place where they feel confident enough to say, okay, after these two years, I still believe in myself. Very good. I tell you what, Mr. Ennis Harvey, the associate superintendent here in Madison Metropolitan School District, as you can see, he have much on the plate as he's trying to move the needle and lead to liberate. We really appreciate you being here with us again this week. We look forward to next week. We're going to have to bring you back, Mr. Harvey, because there's much to be said about how we lead to liberate, moving from what was a dual pandemic to now still yet a pandemic of social justice. Thank you very much, and thank you for listening in today. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Thank you. You're listening to Lead to Liberate, a podcast by the Madison Metropolitan School District demonstrating how the more we know, the more we grow.